This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the football podcast for week number four, our Football Friday podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And remember, for all your wagering needs, you go to Bet Rivers in New York, in New Jersey, and play Sugar House in Connecticut. This is the Francesa football uh, podcast, the Football Friday podcast. Full week number four, amazing that already week four, it goes so fast. Before you know it, it'll be double digits in this league as it just clicks away week after week, and it does so in rapid fire as the month of September is gone, and we're already into the month or on our way into the month of October. Um, A couple of themes, injuries always a theme. I mean, staying healthy in this war of attrition, which the NFL is, is critical. You lose key guys, and it just shatters, shatters your team. Look at the Bills right now. It's hurt them on defense. Look at the uh, charges right now and what they've lost. I mean, critical injuries and just staying healthy is such a luck of the draw, but also so critical if you want to have a big season. Also, people have been very puzzled by the success of the defenses. For the most part, keeping a lot of these games and a lot of these offenses under control. Now, you can still move the ball in this league. There's no question about that. But there's been a lot of low-scoring games. The defenses have taken away a lot of big plays in a lot of games. Not every game, but in a lot of games. And you have had a lot of close finishes, which always seems to be the case in the NFL, sprinkling the fact that no lead seems to be safe anymore as we've had so many teams come from behind from 20, 21 points in the fourth quarter to win games already that you know that that's not even a safe thing anymore in this league as it is a league where it is so much a league of parity. There is very little separating these teams. There's a couple of teams that can move a little ahead when they're healthy. There's a couple of teams that are lagging behind, but for the most part, there's a lot of teams, a lot of teams uh, in the middle. Week four, as we said, uh, the Bears and Giants will meet, and believe it or not, one of these two teams, and neither one has been impressive. I mean, the Bears' offense is almost... 1960s style. The Giants were fortunate to be 2-0. and Now they're 2-1 as they fell to the Cowboys and really were outplayed by the Cowboys. Uh, one of these teams is going to be 3-1. and I mean, that's going to be something they're going to be very, very happy about. No one's going to give them an unbelievable amount of respect at that point, but still... 
there's going to be a pretty bad 3-1 team coming out of this game because easily these teams could have lost a couple of games if they've won. So, I mean, it's been kind of a weird couple of games for both of them. But they are both 2-1 and one as they meet here. The Bears, you know they can play some D. You know they can move the ball with their legs. They don't throw much in the way of the passing game, although they did in the second half of that uh, Niner game make a couple of big plays as they came back from 10 nothing down to upset the Niners in opening week. The Giants, the offensive line continues to be a big problem, plus they are really banged up at wide receiver. They are, are really desperate for some targets who can help bail out Daniel Jones, who's doing it more with his legs than anything else. The loss of Shepard, uh, Galladay in the doghouse. Two or three of the other receivers still banged up. Tony's always banged up. And you just don't have a lot of wide receivers or weapons there to make a big difference. It's something the Giants need to elevate, but it's going to be difficult to do right now, especially with the injuries that they have. So, but again, Look for a tight game. Look for a game where you're going to get some field goals. Maybe, again, Gano's going to be the scoring difference for the Giants. It's very distinctly possible. And this figures to be a tight game that could go either way. Uh, And just the kind of games you expect with the Bears and the Giants right now, considering where they both are. The Jets at 1-2 and go into Pittsburgh. Wilson's going to start. He comes back against the Steeler D. That's not at 100% by any stretch. Steelers struggling at quarterback, maybe thinking about a move in the weeks to come. Steelers, though, are right now just still a better disciplined, better drilled team that should be able to make enough plays. The Jets still lack maturity. Their offensive line is a big problem right now. Now they make the quarterback move. They do have players at the skill positions. There's no question. But but the key is to get solid play out of the quarterback, get some more definitive leadership from the coaching staff, and maybe they can start to take a little bit of a uh, step forward. The Vikings and the Saints will play in London. Saints are very banged up at key spots. Check this out on Sunday morning because there are very, very iffy guys on the Saints. Winston hasn't practiced consistently this week. Kamara's still banged up. You got a lot of guys on the Saints banged up. Take that into account when you think about this game on a Sunday morning. The Saints can definitely stay with the Vikings, who have been erratic in their own right, but they're 2-1. They came from behind to beat the Lions last week. Um, Jefferson wasn't really a big part of the offense after being such a big part in week one. But that's a game that a lot of it will depend on just how healthy the Saints are on Sunday in the early morning. That game will kick off 9.30 Eastern time on uh, Sunday morning. Now, the Browns, who have run the ball well with Chubb, have done a very good job in that regard, have been pretty efficient with the offense, take on the Falcons. And, you know, the Falcons got a win last week in Seattle. They have not been bad, as a matter of fact. You know, the Falcons have hung in the games. They got behind the Rams and made a big run in that game. They easily could have won game week one against the Saints. Uh, they have some weapons. 
Mariota's been okay. So that, that's, they've been dangerous so far. The Falcons have played okay uh, at one and two, and uh, they should be able to give the Browns a pretty interesting game here. Washington's been bad. They've been disappointing. I mean, I just don't get the Washington defense right now. And give the Cowboys credit. You know, when the Cowboys lost Dak in week one, Everybody just wrote them off. They said, look at that offensive line. It's brutal. You know what? That offensive line looks like it's getting better week by week. The Giants and Jets can't do that, but the Cowboys seem to improve the offensive line with new faces by, by the week. Cowboys have plenty of playmakers on defense, led by a player that I think might be the best defensive player now in the league. And Cooper Rush is writing quite a story. Three starts, three games, three wins, impressive numbers, showing an awareness, showing an ability to show composure, showing some accuracy. You know what? Doesn't play like a backup quarterback. He really doesn't. He plays like he knows what he's doing out there. Give him credit. Give the Cowboys credit. And if the Cowboys beat Washington here, which wouldn't be any big surprise, It'd be three and one after they were written off in week one. Seahawks, as I told you before this season, I took the Seahawks as an under. Uh, I didn't think they'd win six games. I think it was six and a half. I think it was six and a half, but I, I didn't think they'd win that many games this year. They were able to win in week one in a game they probably should have lost. I mean, the Broncos did fumble twice inside the five-yard line. That hadn't been done in the same game by a team going into the end zone in like 15 years. Seahawks have lost twice in a row, including losing at home to the Falcons last week. Now they get the Lions. Lions are banged up. Swift's hurting. They got people hurting in the secondary. They blew a lead last week to the uh, Vikings. They're one and two. This is a game the Lions have to win. I don't think the Seahawks are going to win a lot of games this year, so I think the Lions can win this game, but if they don't, this would be a really bad start for the Lions, and uh, the bloom would be off the rose in Detroit. The Titans and the Colts, let's be honest, neither has been very, very uh, impressive. Titans are 1-2, and two and they held on for dear life against the Raiders last week. The Colts are 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and the only reason they won last week is because Kansas City handed them an absolute gift when the game should have been over. Matt Ryan has to hold on to the football. He continues to fumble it when he gets hit, but he made a play late when he had to make a play and beat Kansas City last week, and Kansas City gave them a gift with a big penalty, and they find themselves now at 1-1-1, one, one, and one. the Titans at 1-2. and two. Titans have a lot of injuries. And they just don't look very crisp in, in a lot of different ways. They blew a 13-0 lead in week one to the Giants, and it shows. Um, so the team that loses this game has really gotten off to a very poor start, and a lot was expected from both teams. All right, you get to one of the marquee games of the weekend. If I had told you, that one of the real circle the games, one of the real highlight marquee games of week number four is going to be Jacksonville at Philly. You would have said, huh? 
What, are you kidding me? But the Jags, with Trevor Lawrence emerging as the star, I told you he would always be. People were losing faith in him last year. Nonsense. He sat through a year that he experienced, a year that a lot of people would have folded on. Nothing was right. Had no weapons. Had more drops than any quarterback in the league. Right now, he's off to a terrific start. 772 yards passing, six TDs, one interception, and more importantly, his team is 2-1. and one. And if it had not been for a couple of drops by Etienne in week one, they would have been 3-0. and oh. And they and they have some really good players on defense playing very well. They take on the Eagles, who have been the most impressive team in the league to this point. Two players have stood above everybody else so far in the league. Trevor Lawrence comes in after that. The first two, Lamar Jackson. 10 touchdowns, two intercepts. He's rushed for a couple of more. He's passed for 749. And Jalen Hurts, who has thrown for four, run for three, thrown for 900 yards, made big plays to his receivers, really done an amazing job with the offense. And the Eagles have been the best team in the league so far. But this game will be a very interesting test because the Jaguars are improving by leaps and bounds. They have young studs on defense. They have a young studded quarterback. They put some weapons around them. And once the other guys start to grow up like Etienne, they are going to be a very, very dangerous football team. They might even take a double jump this year. A jump would be to seven, eight wins. They might take a bigger jump than that this year, the way they're playing. And that game is a fascinating week four game and really one of the marquee games of the weekend. So is the next one. The Bills banged up, coming off a tough loss to the Dolphins. Banged up in a lot of key spots, especially on defense. Lost key guys on defense against the Ravens, who have also been decimated by injuries. Both teams are 2-1. and one. Obviously, both teams can score at will. But can they stop the other guy at all? One of these teams is going to be 2-2. Two and two. If it's the Bills, you got a big scoop. There were people predicting the Bills were going to go undefeated this year. They could come out of this week's game if they don't watch it 2-2. Two and two just to show you how things can change with a couple of key injuries in this league. These teams have scored at virtually at will so far this year. Now, last week, Bills had their chances. They just messed it up. They didn't handle the heat well. They had receivers cramping and everything. But you know they can be very explosive on offense. And you would expect, I mean, I I think this game would be in the 30s, the winner, unless the weather's bad. Charges at one and two were absolutely decimated by the Jaguars last week. They've They've lost Slater for the season. They've lost Boza. Their quarterback's banged up with a rib injury. They're having a lot of trouble with key guys on offense, out of the lineup, unhappy, unhappy with their roles. Now all of a sudden you're hearing a lot of rumblings here 
about the way this team is being run, uh, the way the personnel is being handled. That's what happens when things start to unravel a little bit. They get the Texans this week. Texans are good enough to hang in. They're just not good enough to beat anybody. They don't make enough plays to beat anybody. They make enough plays to hang in the game. They did last week. They lost again. They're 0-1-1. and I mean, excuse me, 0-2-1. As they tied the Colts in week one. They're not going to win a lot of games, but they have a habit of hanging in. The Cards and the Panthers, I, uh, you'd have to pay somebody to watch this game, the way these teams are playing. Panthers got a win last week, but they're not, they're not fun to watch. The Cards are a mess. The Pats, no Mac Jones, that hurts. The offense was starting to move a little bit. Now they get the Packers. Very tough spot. Very tough spot for the Pats, who are already one and two. Get Green Bay. Green Bay has not scored at all. They have just done enough to win these games. There's no question Rodgers has to get used to his offensive line and let it develop, get used to his young receivers and let them develop as they move forward here. But they did get a big win last week in a game that was going to be a tough game to win, and they found a way to win it. It wasn't pretty, but they won it. Broncos Broncos should be better than they look, but they, you know, they've been able to win a couple of games. They haven't been impressive. The game they played against San Francisco was just dreadful, the mistakes on both sides. They're already killing the young coach in Denver. They have been like crazy. He beat Houston in week two after losing to Seattle in week one. They've had a soft schedule. Things are going to get tougher. The Raiders are 0-3, and the Raiders have been in all three games, including blowing a 20-point lead to Arizona and losing that game in overtime. Raiders are 0-3 and absolutely desperate, but they're all banged up in the secondary, especially a corner where they're down multiple players. Sunday night game, the game will stay in Tampa now after the hurricane. Chiefs, 2-1. and one, Bucks, 2-1. and one. one of these two teams is going to be 2-2. Two and 2-2 two. And two and two people are going to be writing, what's wrong with blank? What's wrong with blank? Why, the question you hear is, why can't the Chiefs make big plays? With the Bucks, it's, what's Tom going to do for weapons? They're all banged up. He doesn't have his receivers. The offensive line, blah, 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 blah. We know the Tampa defense is good. We know that. We know Brady's great. Can they put players around Brady? If they can, they're going to win plenty of games. The Chiefs will be fine. Lost the game last week where they gave it away on an absolutely outrageous penalty, which was just the height of stupidity. They gave the Colts another chance, and the Colts took advantage of it. Again, the Chiefs never, ever should have lost. And now they get, they go on the road, prime time, take on that Kansas City defense, which will not allow them to make big plays. So Mahomes, Brady, you get to see them, obviously, on the same field. We don't know how many more times you will see that, but you will see that on Sunday night. And then the Rams and the Niners on Monday night. The Niners were terrible. 
absolutely terrible on Monday night. And when you saw the game change, when they lost their brilliant tackle, who is, is, as you know, as good a player as there is in the sport. If you look at players by position, he's at the height of the height of the sport. And the game changed when he left. And Jimmy G made some really bad plays. He really did. As did the Niners. And the Niners right now are 1-2. They easily could be 3-0, and but they're not. They lost to the Bears. They lost to the Broncos. And you know what? They've already got some critical injuries. And, you know, they have a quarterback who they didn't want this year, who's won for them in the past and taken them to a Super Bowl. So they better get things turned around. But the Niners, to get things turned around, have to beat you with their two lines. They've got to beat you with their defensive line and beat you with their offensive line. And now their offensive line... Looks like it may have taken a severe hit. So that is a big problem. Like I said, the best players in this league so far, the guys who have stood out, Jackson in Baltimore, Hurts in Philly, and yes, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, have been just terrific. Absolutely terrific. And the team of the first month, if they take care of business, will be the Philadelphia Eagles. They will be the team of the first month of the season with one more impressive showing if they get it on Sunday against the Jaguars, who will not, not make this easy. Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, send your emails to podcast at gmail.com. Send them along and we'll answer them in one of our football shows or in one of our general shows. We try to get to some in every podcast if we can. Jeff starts us off. Uh, given that Tony was unavailable slash injured most of last year and again this year, uh, did the Giants make a mistake drafting a small receiver? in Robinson with the number two pick. Um, No. Listen, there are many diminutive receivers who stay healthy. It's lucky to draw with these guys. It's been really unfortunate that the Giants cannot keep Tony healthy because he has shown you these flashes of really what could be that he could be a real game-breaker if he's ever healthy. And he hasn't been, and he isn't right now. So it's a pain in the neck. The Giants need to dust, with the Shepard injury, the Giants need to dust Galloway off, Galday off. They have no choice. They can't get rid of him. He's prohibitive with the contract situation for this year. He'll be gone next year for sure, but this year you might as well Use him as a possession-type receiver because he's capable of doing that. And you know what? Make the best of what you have. And the Giants are in a position where they can throw away anybody who can help them at receiver. So use any bit of help you can get. Do you think the Giants will try to get uh, OBJ 
since they are desperate for some productivity at wide receiver. You're asking the wrong person for that one. Uh, I wouldn't. I doubt they would, but I clearly wouldn't. Um, Nick asks, what do you make of the high number of low-scoring games this year in which the offenses are struggling? We've already touched on this. The defenses are very much copycat. Everything is copycat in the NFL. When something works, everybody borrows it. What you've seen is these defenses utilizing their safeties in a way to take away the big play. It really became a standard with, against Kansas City. It is now used against a lot of teams. And what it's taken away is it's taken away the big play and making these teams be very, very patient in how they attack. It makes a lot of offenses, a lot of coordinators, a lot of quarterbacks frustrated. But it clearly has worked. Are you going to give something up? Yeah, you're going to give up the short possession. But you're going to take away the big play, which is what they're trying to do. It is fair to say, this is Lou emails, it is fair to say Bill Belichick's ex-assistants have been uh, pretty terrible based on record as head coaches. Why do you think that's the case? I, I don't know that there is a scientific reason for this. What I would logically say is Belichick has his hands in every pot. He's got himself involved in every department. He's a coach of such depth and, it, and, and has such an expansive knowledge that there's no part of the team he doesn't get his, himself involved in. And maybe that hurts these guys to develop as, 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 as assistants and eventually as head coaches. Or it's just been the luck of the draw. You know, some guys have a million. Some guys don't. Bear Bryant in college had a million assistants who became successful head coaches. Arapasigan had very few. Both had great careers, but just the way it goes. Bill Parcells has had some exceedingly successful assistants. He's had Belichick, he's had Coughlin, he's had Sean Payton, and Belichick hasn't. Some guys have, some guys haven't. Mike Holmgren's become a guy who has developed a lot of guys. So, I mean, I just think it's a little bit luck of the draw, but there's, there's got to be a little more to it than that. It may have to do with how much responsibility these guys are actually given. Uh, Drew asks, Patriot fans are already saying that, that Mac isn't the guy because he isn't Tom Brady or Josh Allen. Um, is that fair? I, I don't know. I don't think it's fair yet. We haven't seen enough yet. And now he's hurt again. But we haven't seen enough yet. I think it's too early to say he has shown some glimpses that he can play in this league. Mike asks, how would you rank these, young, these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks? 
Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Herbert, and Hertz. And would you put Burrow in there? Would I put Burrow in there? Yes. I would put Mahomes one, Allen two. I'm a little leery of the throwing quarterback, of the running quarterback come postseason. So I would actually put Burrow in next. Jackson's numbers in the regular season are very, very good, but I have to see the running quarterback win in the postseason, and that doesn't happen very often. What has surprised you through the three weeks of the season? How good the Eagles have been has surprised me. Um... I thought the Colts would get off to a better start this year is something they would really were looking to do with Matt Ryan, and they surprised me that they didn't. Surprised that Russell Wilson hasn't been more explosive than he's been so far. I thought with some of those wide receivers that he has there and some of the weapons he has there that he would come out. I thought both Russell Wilson and Matt, although... Um, I didn't think Denver was going to be great. I did think he was going to really put up some big numbers, and he hasn't. And I thought that the Colts would hit the ground running with Matt Ryan, and they haven't. And I'd say on the plus side, you have to be, everybody has to be very positively uh, surprised by the Jaguars and how good they've been. Because they're actually a couple of really miscues away from being 3-0. and Brian asks, what is your opinion on the better way for an NFL team to go about securing a quarterback? I don't think there is one way. The logical way is to draft the quarterback and develop them, but you can bring somebody in via trade. You can bring somebody in as a free agent. Anything is possible. Go out and do anything you can. It's like getting pitching in baseball. You go out and get the best players. You can never have too much pitching. You can never have too many quarterbacks who can play. You can always add another quarterback who has talent. That is something that there's never enough of in this league. It is the rarest of rare commodities. And you know what? You try to develop one where you can trade for them. You can, uh, you can sign them as a free agent. You can draft them. Whatever it takes. Just go out and find the guy who can run your team. Because in the NFL, the way the game is shaped, you are not going to win if you do not get very positive very, very clean play from the quarterback position. The quarterback has to have an awareness. He has to be able to move the team. He has to be able to handle himself in pressure situations. The quarterback that wins is the guy who gets himself into the end zone when the game's on the line. That's it. 
He doesn't have to go out there and get eight touchdowns a game. He doesn't have to go out there and score 50 points. What he has to do is make the play when the play needs to be made. That's what separates the good ones from the run of the mill. Enjoy your football weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.